0: join me in conversations that will help you get clear on your goals and values and start showing up in your parenting your relationships your life with open-hearted authenticity and balance let's go hello and welcome back to another episode of the balanced parent podcast i'm dr laura Freyan and i'm joined today by marlene spence a parent coach and behavior strategist who is going to join us to talk about how we can help children move away from challenging behaviors, dig under the surface and find out what's really going on with them, and then help them move into more cooperation and peace and calm in our homes. So Marlene, welcome. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh,
1: who you are and what you do? Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited about our chat today. So um, yeah, so I'm a mom of two, I'm a wife, um, and I'm, as you mentioned, uh, parent coach and behavior strategist. So what that means is basically, I'm the one that, you know, tired, overwhelmed, frustrated parents who are at their wit's ends, um, parents and educators, who want some positive and practical strategies on how do I manage this child's behaviors. There's some concerns, there's some things that they, um, you know, are are not sure how to address, or maybe they've been trying to address it and it hasn't been going well. And so uh, they come to me and we together uncover what is actually happening with uh, this child, what is going on, so that uh, and I like to say um, our motto is we empower the parents so that, and educators so that they can raise and develop rich kids. And that is an acronym for responsible, independent, confident, and happy kids. And so, oh, I love that. Thanks. And so we believe it doesn't matter what challenges your child may be displaying. It doesn't matter what diagnosis your child may have. It doesn't matter, um, you know, the abilities. Every child has the potential to be responsible, independent, confident, and happy. And it looks different for all kids, but every child can get there. And so that's the mission. That's what I do. Um, I help educators and I help parents um, empower uh, and develop rich kids.
0: I love that. I love that idea too, that all kids have this capacity within them. And I'm just inferring that you probably believe all parents have the capacity within them to support their kids and developing yes. this and becoming rich in that way.
1: Yes, yeah. absolutely. But we all just need a little bit of help along the way. Right? Right. And as a parent, like we know that this journey is, it's tough, we can't, we shouldn't, I don't think we were made, um, to to do
0: it alone. I so agree. We are supposed to be getting support. Um, if we were living how humans evolved, we would be with our extended family. Yeah. We'd be learning. We would have been learning how to parent all along, all through our growing up, rather than living in little silos within our own right. families. You know, absolutely. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with needing support. Yeah. Um, so I feel curious about something that you said. Um, you were talking about um, kind of taking parents come to you when they are having some challenging behaviors with their kids, and you mm-hmm. help them find out what's really going on for those kids. Can you say a little bit more about that? Because I really believe that I believe that their yeah. behaviors, problem behaviors, often an indicator that something else is going on for our kids. And so, how can we support parents in finding out what's going on, and then supporting the kids so that those behaviors aren't necessary anymore? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So there's always a function or a reason behind a behavior. And so, um, you know, I always teach parents that behavior is your child communicating that something is wrong, some need is unmet. Um, You know, they're scared, they're worried, they're uncomfortable. Um, It's something that's happening and they're unable to. Um, display that in a appropriate way and so it comes out in a maladaptive way. It comes out in an inappropriate way Um, and you know there's so many reasons as to why it comes out like that Um, but yes at the bottom at the heart of it all um, and I've worked so I've been in this field for 21 years now and I've, I've probably seen and hurt it all, um, and you know it's amazing that you know a lot of people say, well, how do you like do that? Like you know they they see me with like these really tough looking you know um, kids, and you know kids who have destroyed classrooms, um, and have hurt people, and they ask like what like how do you do that? And it's because I know him destroying that classroom is something like why we've always got to ask why did that happen and why now and again um you know I love the investigation work so I think that's why I also love what I do kind of digging down the layers um, and peeling those layers and realizing like oh my goodness he he can't read and so every time you know it's it's time for language and he sees this worksheet come in front of him he's so scared and he would rather destroy the classroom and get suspended and sent home than feel embarrassed and ask help for our help and struggle and have his peers make fun of him because mm-hmm. you know he's just stuck and again like that's so I have so many stories about you know uh, we peel back the layers and we realize like what was really going on and again um, you can continue to just kind of throw strategies, um, at kids, but that's why a lot of parents and educators get overwhelmed because you can't just, you know, um, throw these st- strategies out. Um, you, you've got to figure out the root cause and the root issue of what's going on in order to, um, provide the appropriate strategies and the appropriate tools. Right. Cause not all
0: strategies and not all tools work for all kids because each kid is an individual and each kid has something else going on. I, I love that. Yeah. Okay, and so then if, um, if parents are looking then to get under the behaviors to figure out what's going on um, for their child, how do they do
1: that? Yeah, so um, again, there's a, a number of ways, but I mean, observing, putting on that different hat and observing Um, your child and looking at the patterns. So it's interesting, again, you know, often when I go into schools or when uh, I'm helping parents um, within homes, I help them to look at some patterns. What was happening before all of that? Mm -hmm. And then what happened after all of that happened? What happened? Explain, tell me. And usually you'll see a pattern. Sometimes it's the time of day. Um, again being in schools it's interesting it's like every you realize every time it's math class every time it's recess Mm -hmm. this child is not good at social skills and every time it's recess he realizes like or she realizes like i'm gonna have to play by myself brings a lot of anxiety um you know parents realize every time let's say you know dad has to go out to work or um you know, you realize it's during breakfast time or when they're hungry or when they've had too much electronics or, you know, begin to look at the patterns um, mm-hmm. and and think of, okay, so, and anytime you see, you know, an outburst or challenging behavior occur, ask yourself, why do, is this happening now? And why, um, sorry, why now? Ask yourself, why is this happening now? Mm-hmm. Right? And see if you could Uh, again, look around in your environment, look around at what's happening at that moment and pinpoint, okay, so how come this didn't happen, you know, yesterday? How come this didn't happen an hour ago? Why is this happening now? Yeah,
0: absolutely. And, and I think that you hit on something really important that it's so important for parents and educators and anybody who works with kids to understand is Mm -hmm. that just because a kid is capable of doing something in some circumstances at some point, you know, regulating themselves, stopping themselves from hitting, stopping themselves from throwing things doesn't mean that in that moment, they have the self-regulation abilities to be able to stop themselves. Yeah. Um, And so figuring out what about this circumstance made it not, him not, or her not able to access those skills.
1: Right. Yes, exactly. Because it's hard. And I think sometimes if we think of ourselves as adults, uh, you know, I always use this example of, you know, the last time I went to the gym, I was in a workout class and I was dying. I was, <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, I am not coming. Like, why am I here? This is awful. Um, and in my head, I'm thinking, I need to get out of here. I need to get out of here. But No one around me, everyone around me, because I was doing what I needed to, but everyone around me would have thought like, oh, wow, like she's doing great. I never went back to that class. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I never went back because internally in my head, I was like, this is great. Oh my goodness. Look at myself in the mirror. Like I'm sweating. Like, look at that other lady that's like probably three times the age of me and she's doing great. Like it was just, you know, all these emotions that I was feeling that no one else knew that I was feeling. Um, And so if someone wants to say like, what, like, why wouldn't you go back to the gym? Like you did great. Well, I'm not thinking that I did great. Yeah. Or it just was not a good day for me. And so maybe one day, you know, I'll wake up and I'll be pumped and I'll be like, this is awesome. I can do this today. Right. And then you're going to have days you're just like, yeah, no, I just am not for it. And so we have to uh, realize that our kids go through the same thing. Yeah, they have so many factors as to what, um, you know, contributes to that.
0: Even the youngest kids have rich internal emotional lives, and they experience things as individuals and, and they are human. So they make human mistakes and they have a really, like they can wake up on the wrong side of the bed. Even a two-year-old can wake up grumpy and why not offer them the grace that we would offer a, you know, a partner or a friend who woke up on the wrong side of the bed, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Um, Okay. So we talked a little bit about kind of how we figure out what going on for a kid kind of under their behaviors and then what so then once parents realize oh there's these patterns they start seeing them then what
1: like what's the next step so then it's important to figure out okay so what exactly is the behavior that we want to target um what is it that we want to teach them what is the replacement skill okay and so let's say you know your child has a hard time um, you know, when you say no, you know, they completely have a tantrum and they're screaming and yelling. Mm-hmm. Well, what should they do? What is the appropriate behavior? So instead of just saying stop, don't do that, what do we want them to do? And so the next focus is figuring out what is the skill that we need to teach them? What is the skill that they need to learn um, in replacement of that? Do they need to learn how to walk away? Um, when they're upset? What are the skills, um, the uh, self-regulation skills that they need to utilize that we need to teach them? So that's the next part, being able to teach the skills that they need that will replace, um, you know, that negative behavior. So even the example of the student that I told you who, you know, may trash a classroom because he, you know, doesn't know how to do that language um, worksheet. So a replacement skill for him would be, how do we get him to communicate? This is hard. Can someone help me? And some, sometimes, the majority of the times, it's that simple. Ask for help. I just need, I'm going to teach you how to ask for help, where to go for help, what you could do in these moments instead of doing this. Yeah. Okay, good. And I think that that asking like asking
0: for help seems super simple. I think parents think like why wouldn't they just ask for help? Why, like that but asking for help is intensely vulnerable. I know mm-hmm. adults like when I was a um a professor and had grad students who didn't know how to do things, they were afraid to ask for help. They couldn't yeah. be vulnerable and mm-hmm. and ask for help. And that's adults, you know. I mean, adults in a workspace often are reluctant to say, I don't know how to do this. I know I'm yeah. supposed to, and I don't, yeah. um, and so asking for help is not a simple task and kids not. need to be supported and figuring yeah. out how to do that and save face, you know, too, yeah. how to do it safely. Yeah. yeah Especially for older kids, easy. you know,
1: mm-hmm. like,
0: they've made it like to eighth grade and don't know how to read. Yeah. How, how are they going to sit in that place of vulnerability and ask for help yeah. without getting made fun of yeah. Of course, they're not
1: going to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay,
0: and so then once we've identified, I'm just going to pause. Is it okay that I'm having you walk us through this? Yeah, absolutely. okay, because you're not get you're not giving away like your skills. No, 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 no. Okay, good. Nope. Okay, so once we've identified, kind of, you know we've observed what's going on. We found the patterns. We understand now kind of why they're doing things. We need to, and we've figured out kind of what we want instead, kind of what our expectations are. Mm-hmm. And, um, we, and we think being clear on what your expectations are for a kid is super important because if we're not, we aren't clear on it, then we cl- aren't going to be able to communicate it clearly. And we're setting both of us up for failure. Right.
1: Right. Right. Okay.
0: So, um, so you set the expectation, you've kind of figured out what it is that they need to learn, what skill they need to kind of bring on board, then mm-hmm. like how do we go about actually teaching that to kids?
1: Yes. And so uh, again, there's a variety of ways to teach it, but this is kind of where the positive reinforcement comes in. Yeah. So this is where the rewards um, come into play. And so um, positive reinforcement. Um, reward systems are um, brought in to encourage the desired behavior because you want that behavior to continue so let's say for example um, real life example my kids (laughs) you know their their goals right now are um, one is uh, initiating so don't wait for mommy and daddy to, you know, tell you, you need to pick up the sock, you know, in the middle of the floor in the kitchen.
0: Oh my yeah. God. Why are socks all over my house?
1: <laughs> right.
0: Is that not, is, does that happen in other houses? Like there are times yes. I walk through my house and I'm like, there's 20 socks. <laughs> Where did they come from? Why are they here?
1: Why are they here? Exactly. Um and so taking initiative is one thing, right? Again, like do these things that you guys know how to do. Don't wait cuz I'm finding they're waiting for us to say it before they do it. So take initiative. That's one of the skills that I'm trying to teach my kids. Um and then my son in particular, um self-regulation. So when you're angry and upset, you need to go to your calm down um area or um you know, go to your your puzzles or your he's he's chosen these things, so his puzzles or his um, coloring book. And those are the things that you could do for five or 10 minutes to calm down. Now, teaching him though, that recognizing you're angry right now, you're yelling at your sister, <laughs> what do you need to do? And so having him right now, we're trying to get him to be able to do that without um, you know us having to prompt. So those are the goals that we have. Right. So setting that goal is what we need to teach and then the positive reinforcement. So every time he's able to do that, he will get um, Reinforced and so positive reinforcement many think it has to be like you know a candy or like a, yeah like can we just kind busting
0: of busting on positive yeah. reinforcements because I think you know a lot of folks especially like, I'm in the like the respectful parenting space and a lot of us have read books like um, Alfie Kahn's uh, Punished by Rewards mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. there's this I you know this idea that we shouldn't be saying things like good job or you know or giving you know rewards like a piece of candy and so talk to me a little bit about what you mean by positive reinforcement clarify
1: this i'm so excited yeah 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 so positive reinforcement again is anything that's reinforcing so this is very individual as well that's something that is reinforcing um and rewarding motivating for your child um that they can get after they have uh, achieved something so again it's like what's at the end of and being able to achieve or accomplish this goal. Uh, and sometimes it's not even fully accomplishing this goal. Sometimes it's even just attempted, like you kind of, you attempted to do it. And so I'm going to um, give you some positive reinforcement so that that behavior, the likelihood of that behavior increasing is um, more likely when positive reinforcements are given. So positive reinforcements could be anything from Oh my gosh! High five! Look at you! <laughs> Look at you! Like that was amazing. I loved how you, you know, were able to pick up your sock that was dangling from the kitchen table all on your, all on your own. <laughs> yeah. Um. And and it's being able to say that it's um you know it's hugs. It's uh, it, it could be um you know you could have sticker charts for sure, and you could let's say. You know, you say, I'm working for um, five, when you get five stickers, then you know, you get kind of a grand prize. And again, that could be, maybe it's an outing somewhere. Maybe it's, um, you know, my, my kids love, you know, when it's just alone time and mm. we go out and do something together. Um, maybe it's something like that. Again, it could be, you know, a toy, it could be a treat, um, but it doesn't always have to be. And, uh, and reinforcements have to be changed in order for it to be motivating and rewarding, they have to be changed pretty frequently and pretty often. Uh, And I think, again, when we look at adults and us, we get bored as well, easily, right? And so if someone was to give you, you know, the same thing over and over again, you'd be like, okay, like I kinda, you know, I kinda want a little hazelnut in my coffee today. Um, and you wanna change it up every now and again. So it's important that you kind of know what are the things that are gonna work for your child, what they work towards, um, and then you, you implement um, that strategy.
0: Yeah, and so to what extent can this be child-led versus
1: parent-led or educator-led or adult-led? So yeah, regardless of what space you're in yeah. with the kids, yeah. So I think it, it all depends on the child. Um, I love it when it is child-led. So again, uh, and that's how well, how I encourage it all the time. And so even if your child is two or three, you can still do it child-led. Um, and child-led looks like, again, you're sitting down and you're having conversation of like, okay, so look, like I realize, you know, this and this is happening. Um, how can we make that better? What do we think we have to do? And together you come up with a plan and together you say, okay, I'm going to be watching, you know, and when that happens, uh, you know, you're going to get like a star or you're going to be, you know, you'll get a high five and you guys decide together is what that is. Um, and then depending again on the age of your child and um, developmentally and how capable they are, um, being able to track their own progress yeah, is really, really important. So Um, again so my kids even when it comes to screen time and stuff like you know we have a whole conversation and then I love the iPad because now it tells you like how many hours you know you spend on certain things and so we were able to sit down and look at that and be like okay like this is a lot like how could we change that let's monitor um, you know how long you're on it and so getting them uh you know using a little times table or a little uh, time block and then they will check off kind of like okay like this is kind of what i did and when they can see it for themselves Mm -hmm. and realize like okay yeah like i'm doing well um you know that again just brings them so much joy as well and so even pairing that with um you know a, a positive reinforcement of some kind um just gives it so much more. Yeah. Yeah so um I have a
0: story about my kid um so every people who listen to me know that my older daughter um can be quite challenging she's strong-willed um she has some emotion regulation stuff that goes on for her she has some sensory mm-hmm. stuff that goes on for her um she's also incredibly sensitive and sweet and loving she has just this full range of the human mm-hmm. experience that kids have access to just like yeah. adults right so yeah. um but we went through this time period um when she was maybe I think three and a half or four where she would wake up and be, just be super grumpy in the morning. It was like, she hated life when she had to wake up. Like just nothing was right. Everybody was horrible, you know, and she was just yeah. unhappy. Like, she was unhappy, but she was also like, I mean, she was a little monster too, to you know, everybody. She was making yeah. everybody's morning awful. And well, you know, my husband and I had to like, try to have really good, like personal boundaries on like not letting her suck us into her bad yeah. mood and everything. Um, we kind of sat down with her one afternoon and we were like, Are you, is this going okay for you? Like, do you like how mornings go? And she's like, no, I don't like it at all. I like being cheerful in the morning. I want to be cheerful in the morning. Um, and we, you know, what's super funny is that we have a story in my family's home that my job as a young child was to be cheerful in the morning, (laughs) but I was not, I was not naturally cheerful. Really? (laughs) Right. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. We, we get back sometimes what we've put in, you know, (laughs) So anyway, so she, she's like, well, you know, mommy, why don't I make myself a sticker chart? You know? And if I go, you know, five days this week, can we go get ice cream? You know, where if I go five days and have a good morning and I was like okay tell me more what you're thinking um and so she said she drew herself a a calendar and with places to put stickers on and she self-evaluated too like in the morning she was like I was a little grumpy but not too grumpy I think I get a sticker Mm -hmm. and I was like okay fine have a sticker this is your deal because it was not something I was terribly you know yeah And she totally led it. And now she's pretty pleasant in the morning most of the time.
1: <laughs> oh, well, yeah. so there you go. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's just something visually too, just being able to sometimes like track your, um, improvement, like just be able to track your progress.
0: Right. We know we do this in habit tracking as adults yeah. too, yeah. like adult, like adult programs that where we teach, where you're learning a new skill, use habit yeah. trackers all yeah. the time. Yeah. Um, because so there's nothing inherently wrong with that. That's a good way to build a new habit. We know mm-hmm. that humans need a little bit of reinforcement, even the reinforcement of making the check mark on the paper in, in and of itself is reinforcing. Yeah. Um, okay, so I have two questions about this. So, So the first one is, what about those kids? Because I talk to these parents, and I'm sure you do too, who are like, my kid doesn't care about anything. Like, no consequences bother them. You know, if I take something away, which I'm not super hot about, you know, for the punitive aspect of of this, um, but they don't care. Mm-hmm. There's the, like there's nothing I can't get them to care about changing this behavior. What would you yeah. say to those parents?
1: Um, so I would say dig a little deeper, mm-hmm. because I think on the surface we think that they don't like anything, but this is kind of where um, our, our observations are really quiet are really important. Yeah. So what do they like to do? Like, what do you see them doing when they kind of are off on their own? If they could do anything, what do you see them gravitate to, right? So take a look at that. I find sometimes kids have their defenses up. And so, you know, they will say, oh, yeah, I don't want that. I don't want that. And, and, and that's, they say it, but the reality is every child wants to be loved. And every child, you know, wants the adult in their life to be proud of them. Mm -hmm. Every child, you know, again, they're not going to say it. They may not, you know, be able to be able to even express that or even know that that's what they want. But every child does. Kids do well if they can. And so if they're not, we have to, again, take a look at what's happening. Why aren't they? uh, And how could we help them to be able to achieve? So um, as I said, so take a little uh, look at, what are the things that they gravitate to? What are the things that they talk about?
0: Yeah.
1: What are the things you hear them talking about with their friends? Um, because there is some motivators. Everyone has one. Mm-hmm. Everyone think, has something.
0: Yeah. I think too, like what you were, you said something before that I just kind of wanted to pull out too, that there defensiveness comes up I think because kids already have a fear of not being able to meet the goal that they set or not being able to be successful Mm -hmm. so they can't let themselves care because if they let themselves care then they'll be disappointed and they already have this kind of scarcity like I can't mindset and maybe it's the mindset that we have to focus on first you know, coming into a place of, well, I can make changes, and it doesn't have to be perfect. And yeah, you know, that's why I love my when my daughter was making this chart for herself that she she didn't go like, if I get it perfect, then I can have ice cream. Like, yeah. you don't you don't have to get all the stars,
1: <laughs> right? To get, to kind of yeah. get the reinforcement. Yeah. Yeah. There's a there's room for good enough. Yeah. You know, yeah. And that's the thing. I'm glad you said that, too, because there is room for good enough. And I find sometimes kids feel like, oh, I don't want to work towards this because, I mean, it's a mile. I feel it's a mile long away, as you said, the mindset of I can't is already there. And so I have to be perfect in order to achieve this. And I'm just going to give up because I already know I can't get there. So, yeah, I think it's important that it has to be baby steps. We've got to be able to meet our kids where they're at. Uh, you know, again, for me, if someone's to say, hey, Marlene, like go run a marathon tomorrow and I'll give you you know, a million dollars. Well, yeah, I want the million dollars. You better believe, but that's not something I can achieve. It's, it's not. And yeah. so, you know, I would need to start with how can I just walk for, you know, 40 minutes first before I begin this. So take a step back and uh, adjust your maybe your expectations have the conversation with your kids as to what's going on. You know, how can I help? Come, mm-hmm. to, uh, Let them lead the conversation. What's
0: right? getting in your way. What's yes. getting in the way, you know, yeah. cause I know you can do this, but something's getting in the way. So what's going on, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Good. Okay. So do you have any, um, any tools that parents can access? Tell me like where they can go to learn more about your approach um, and kind of how you can, uh, you know, what you have available for supporting parents as they're trying to bring this approach to kind of learning new skills and becoming rich.
1: Yes. Okay. So I'm really excited. I have a few things coming up within the next two weeks, actually. So I have um, my chaos to calm summer schedule um and so yes and so this is people have been asking me for this So (laughs) this
0: is so good i'm so glad i can send them to you (laughs) okay yes summer program tell me
1: yes so this is going to be um, a workshop that um the beginning workshop is a free webinar that's going to be available and uh it's going to carry you through the main steps of how do you develop this family um schedule Okay. And I'd say it's a family schedule because it involves everybody. So how are you going to develop a family schedule during the summer as things are still closed? You know, um, we don't have camps Our summer camps are not uh, open. Yeah. Right. Us so it, it's, it's been, it's going to be rough. So how do it's we. It's been rough. And it's, it's going to been keep... rough. I know. <laughs> and it's going to keep. Yes.
0: we. Yeah. But we've got this too. And thank God people like you are going to help us with it.
1: Right. <laughs> Yes. So I'm excited about that. And then if you kind of want more further, um, help and support, um, that will also lead to, uh, another, um, coaching program with me where we sit down together and we construct your, um, family schedule together. Uh, and so that, yes. And so within two hours we work together and we get it done. So that's going to be coming up, um, next week. And uh, I have a few webinars coming up as well. Uh, How to get your kids to listen more and argue less Mm -hmm. uh, is another one. And um, I have another one coming up about um, like challenging behavior, more specific to challenging behavior. So like more of the aggressive hitting maybe Mm -hmm. um, and just more aggressive behavior. And uh, yeah, lots more coming up during the next few weeks. Um, I'm really, really excited about it. Great. And you can get a hold of me at uh, Cornerstone. Uh, so my, my email address is info at cornerstone uh, My website is cornerstonefamilieservices.ca. You can reach me um, on Instagram. So if you want to get a hold of me right away, I would say Instagram is probably the best bet right now. Um, so cornerstone FS. Okay, and then you can also, uh, oh, I didn't really mention my, the routine charts, but um, I also am the creator of Rewardum, which is a restickable routine charts for kids. Oh, yes, and so that is at Rewardum's, uh, okay. R-E-W-A-R-D-U-M uh, on Instagram as well. Yes, I was looking at your
0: Rewardum's website, and the thing that I like most about them is that um, it's kind—they're kind of modular, and you don't even have to use them for a reward base too. So, right. Yeah. Folks who aren't using rewards with their kids says so it just doesn't work for their family, um, which is totally fine. They, you can still use them for schedules. And I know that for my difficult kids that um, when they need to do something and they, or they have like a routine that they need to get through, they do not want me telling them every step of the way what they need to do. They like something visual that they can see. And that's what you offer with those pro- yeah. with your product. Yeah, it's a visual schedule. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I love Love that. So, okay, good. So, everybody who's listening, take Marlene's webinars. Um, they sound amazing. Check out we um, Rewardums. I'm going to put all those links in the show notes. Okay, so if you're listening, go to the show notes and follow Marlene, get her products, um, join her courses. I, I think you'll love it. Um, and don't forget to tell us about it. You know, if you are joining and your takeaways, I will love to hear them too. Okay. Awesome. Marlene, thank you so much for being here. Now, the last thing I want to ask you, um, because yes. you know, this is the Balanced Parent Podcast, and we are mm-hmm. all about balancing things. And um, so I want to ask you, as a mom of two, you've got an 11-year-old and a nine-year-old, which mm-hmm. is intense. How yes. do you stay balanced as a parent? What are the three things that you do on a daily or weekly or regular basis that helps you stay balanced?
1: Okay. So number one, I laugh like I've got to laugh either I'm laughing at myself either you know I will watch shows that make me laugh but I get to a place where like I just need to laugh I need to laugh I like I can't even believe I just said that to my kids like what <laughs> like I just need to laugh so that would be number one um for me uh number two I often try to self-reflect so When I'm feeling, and I loved your podcast about uh, the scarcity um, mindset. Yeah, yeah, scarcity mindset. Um, So I I self reflect um, on that a lot, and I I try to um, just be aware of my limiting beliefs. Be aware of like, okay, so no, 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 like I can I can do this. I just need to think about this in another way. Um, and so I try to make sure I self reflect on a regular basis as to, you know, what's going on. Um, and then I would say the third one is I try to be intentional about, you know, scheduling, period. So scheduling, you know, time with my kids, scheduling time um, for me, scheduling, you know, I try to schedule and I try to be intentional about putting blocks of times so that, you know, at the end of the day, sometimes I'm like, oh, I feel like I didn't spend enough time with the kids or I didn't do enough for me or my husband's, a, you know, and, and you feel like you're sometimes being stretched and pulled. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of when I've been going on a whim and I haven't been intentional with like saying, okay, this week, these are the things that are going to happen. So I try to be intentional about planning and scheduling.
0: I love those. I think that like, those are like, there's in these tiers, this kind of like proactive, you know, in, in the moment, what you do, and then kind of when you realize you're out of balance, how you get back in. I love that. That's mm-hmm. really well organized. Thank you yeah. for sharing that. I didn't I even think about, about it like that. <laughs> oh, but it like, it's true. It's yeah. beautiful. You should totally make a post about that because yeah. those are Honestly. things that people can do. Like, I especially, I love the laughter one that you are aware of kind of how you're feeling and when you need a mood shift and you know how to get that mood shift. Yeah. For me and my family, when like, we are just like, everybody is like sniping at each other. Do you get in those places? Yes, like absolutely. we have a dance party and we just put on silly songs. Like yeah. the song of our quarantine has been, it's raining tacos. <laughs> don't don't let your kids find out about it, but it's also really fun. And so we just dance around the kitchen singing. It's raining tacos. Um, oh my gosh,
1: that's awesome.
0: You know, but like the knowing what you need to do to get an energy shift is so important. Yeah. so thank you for sharing those yeah.
1: tips with you us. Welcome.
0: And all of this. This was so much fun. Um, I love I, my listeners love geeking out on stuff like this, and this was <laughs> really fun to to talk about it with you. I know that they're gonna love listening in.
1: So thank you Yay. so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It was awesome. I absolutely loved every moment.
0: Okay. So before we go, I want to make sure you all know about an amazing live and free training I will be hosting. I will be helping you get clear on the real reasons your kids don't listen. And I'll be teaching you exactly how you can gain influence and get them to cooperate without any bribes, threats, yelling, or timeouts. You do not wanna miss this. This is your opportunity to hear me speak live and to ask me your burning questions about respectful parenting. And I can't wait to hear them. I'll also have a very exciting announcement and special surprise for those who stay with me till the end of the training. I'm so, so excited to interact with you live, to hold space for your struggles, to offer some support and to give you some answers and a path forward. If you've been feeling like your no doesn't mean no, that you have to yell or threaten to get your kids to listen or just overwhelmed and lost on how to move forward, this training is for you. Consider this your save the date to join me on this live training on Thursday, July 9th at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. For a more official invite and a link to the webinar, directions on how to sign up will be linked in the show notes. So screenshot this episode while you're listening, send me a DM over on Instagram with it uh, at PhD, and let me know that you're going to be there. And when you get to that registration confirmation page after you've signed up, I'm going to ask you to submit your biggest current struggle so that I can be sure to address it in the training. I want to make sure this training is relevant and applicable to where you are in your parenting journey right now. And don't forget to screenshot that confirmation page and share it on Instagram too. Be sure to tag me and your besties who you know need this too. Okay, so thanks for listening today. Um, Remember to subscribe to the podcast. And if it was helpful, leave me a review. That really helps others find the podcast and join us in this really important work of um, creating a parenthood that we don't have to escape from and creating a childhood for our kids that they don't have to recover from. And if you're listening, grab a screenshot and tag me on Instagram so that I can give you a shout out. Um, And definitely go follow me on Instagram. I'm at PhD. Um, That's where you can get a behind the scenes look at what balanced conscious parenting looks like in action with my family. And plus I share a lot of other really great resources there too.